Assalamu alaikum dear listeners and welcome to CIC's podcast channel. In this series, Sheikh Akram will explore the profound teachings of Imam Nawawi, one of the most revered Islamic scholars of our time. His collection of 40 hadith encompasses a treasure trove of guidance and timeless wisdom. So get ready to be inspired and motivated. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Was salatu was salamu ala Rasuli Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ma'in amma ba'd. فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون وقال تعالى وقضى ربك لا تعبد إلا إياه وقال تعالى قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحبكم الله وقال تعالى والنجم إذا هوى ما ضل صاحبكم وما غوى وما ينطق عن الهوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى وأخبرنا الشيخ عبد الرحمن الكتاني والفقيه حسن محمد بن الصديق الغماري وجماعة عن والد الأول الحافظ الإمام محمد عبد الحي الكتاني رحمه الله تعالى وهو أول حديث سمعاه منه بإسناده إلى عبد الرحمن بن بشر بن الحكم قال حدثني الإمام سفيان بن عيناء رحمه الله تعالى وهو أول حديث سمعته منه عن عمر بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر بن العاص عن عبد الله بن عمر بن العاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن تبارك وتعالى يرحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم أو قال يرحمكم من في السماء وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تركت فيكم أمرين ما إن تمسكتم بهما لن تضلوا أبدا كتاب الله وسنة رسوله My dear brothers and sisters إن شاء الله in this weekend I'm going to teach the famous 40 hadith of Imam Nawi رحمه الله تعالى and the way it has been in Islam and I think إن شاء الله you must have read these two pages which I've written for this purpose the way in Islam has been, and actually in all the traditions, that people uh, take knowledge uh, from their teachers. So I've studied these, you know, these 40 hadiths and also many other books of the hadith from my teachers, and they learn from their own teachers going back to the authors of those books. So inshallah, you are going to learn uh, these 40 hadiths or maybe 42 hadiths of Imam Nabi Rahmanullah Ta'ala in the weekend. And the way basically is no doubt really that uh, teaching and learning are very important. Uh, an Islamic tradition has been that, that it is the duty of the teacher to pass on two things. The first actually is the authority. That you know, I, I teach on the authority. I have got authority from my teachers. I pass it on to you. So you learn it, you understand it, and then you have got the authority to teach it. And second thing is, when I teach, I am responsible for what, what I am teaching. So in the day of judgment, Allah will question me about my teaching. Similarly, when you got, get the authority, you will be responsible, you know, for what you're teaching. So basically, the teachers are passing on two things, authority and responsibility. So learn properly. If you have any question, ask. Because it is not just actually sermon or, or preaching. It is learning. And learning basically means you must understand. So whatever I'm teaching, if you have any question and anything you want to understand properly, you can ask anytime. So this is very, very important. Then learn properly, understand properly, discuss properly. And then after that, you have got authority uh, and you can teach uh, the text, inshallah. 
you know, this is, a, you know, doubt really one of the important texts on the hadith of the Prophet And as we know, the guidance in Islam basically is from Allah Taala. People cannot make their own guidance. The guidance must be external, must be, must be coming from outside. Guidance never can be internal. People cannot make their own way of life. It must be coming from the Creator. So that's why the guidance is coming from Allah Taala, and the guidance in Islam is preserved in two things. The Quran, the book of Allah Taala, and the Sunnah of the Prophet As long as people hold fast these two sources of the guidance, they never be misled and they never be in error. These are the two safe sources of the guidance. And the Prophet has made very clear that as long as you keep them, as, you, as long as you hold them fast, you never will be misled. So the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet and anything else actually, it is not guidance. Whatever comes from the human reasoning, and people's own mind, they are the, not the guidance. They could be right, they could be wrong, but they are not the guidance. Guidance must be pure and must be safe, must be coming from Allah and His Messenger. Uh, the companions of the Prophet no doubt they received the Quran from the Prophet and the Prophet for in verses of the Quran, he used to teach them and also explain to, uh, to the uh, companions by his own words, and very often in, in practice. So for example, when Quran commands believers to establish the prayers, the Prophet conveyed that message to the believers, but at the same time, he showed them how to pray. So timings of the prayer, and you know, and how many rakah will be there, and how do you do the prayer, all those things have been shown by the Prophet So the Prophet he is bayan, he is explanation of the Quran. And that's why Aisha Allah when she was asked about the khuluq, about the character, about the way of the Prophet she said, have you not read the Quran? Kana khuluquhu al-Quran. The Prophet basically came to implement the Quran, came to show the people how to follow the Quran. So you know, that's why the first generation, the companions, they basically they took sunnah as something for practice, to follow it. So sunnah for them was matter of the practice to follow it. Later on, sunnah became two things. First thing actually is to establish the authenticity. For the companions, they, they do whatever they can see the Prophet Sallallahu doing. But the next generation, the first thing actually is to establish really whether it is authentic sunnah or not. So it becomes science. And then once it is authentic sunnah, then they have to follow it. So two things become very important for the later generation. So before you follow the Prophet you must make sure whether it is authentic or not. Is it going back to the Prophet or not? And there are certain conditions for any authenticity of Sunnah of the Prophet which actually I am not going to teach here because it will take you know, a lot of time. But it is very important that people must establish. You are not allowed to, you know, if anybody, any preacher comes and tells you it is a hadith to start following it. No, first thing is find out whether the hadith is sound or not, whether it is really coming from the Prophet or not. Once you know it is coming from him, then you must follow it, then you must act upon it. So authenticity of, of the sunnah and then after the acting upon that and practice, these are important things. The companions of the Prophet they preserve the sunnah of the Prophet both ways, in writing and also in memory. And there are actually, you know, I'm not going to much details, but there are so many records of, of the sahaba, of the companions like Jabir ibn Abdullah, Abu Hurairah, Abu Sayyid al-Qudri, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asad, many, many of those companions, Abdullah ibn Umar, they had their own written hadith. 
their hadith was written down and their students used to read uh, those things from abdullah ibn umar radiallahu you know his student nafi said that whenever abdullah ibn umar radiallahu used to go to the market before going to the market he used to revise all his hadith because if anybody can ask him question he can answer he can read the hadith so all these companies of the Prophet they have got their own hadith written down either by themselves or by their students and you know these things actually you know continued after them uh, but more important than that actually is that they also had a very strong memory so they knew their hadith by heart and once something becomes part of your memory then basically that is the real knowledge you know if knowledge in the book in the writing then it is not in you but once knowledge becomes in your memory, that is, you know, it is, it is basically makes part of you. And that's why, you know, many, many tabi'in used to say that your knowledge is the knowledge which enters with you into the bathroom. So, you know, what goes to the bathroom? You know, if you go to the bathroom, can you take your books? Can you take your library? No. So, the knowledge that goes with you into the bathroom, hammam, that is your knowledge. Mean the knowledge that you have got in memory, that's your knowledge. And all those people, no doubt, really, their memory was very strong. And you know, all throughout the generation, really, especially Arab people, no doubt, you know, in somehow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually made them like that. Then they knew things, uh, you know, by heart very quickly. Long, long poems, you know, they by hearing once, they knew by heart. And there are many examples for that in other cultures as well. So I'm not going to, you know, to explain in that. But anyway, so the Sahaba, the, uh, the companions of the Prophet they received the Sunnah of the Prophet both with, in, in writing and also in memory. Among the Sahaba, those people who have been well known for knowing the Hadith by heart and or teaching the Hadith or transmitting the Hadith, among them are Al-Khulfa Rashidun, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and then after that, Abdullah ibn Masud, Abu Musa Abdullah ibn Umar Abdullah ibn Abbas Abu Hurairah Many of these companions, they are well-known companions who basically knew the hadith by heart. They have been teaching and their hadith are well recorded in the books of the hadith like Sahih Bukhari, Muslim and other collections. After them uh, came their students among the uh, major tabi'een. Like in Medina Munawwara, there were people like Imam Sa'id Musayyib, Rahmullah Ta'ala, Urwai ibn Zubair, uh, Rahmullah Ta'ala, Ubaidullah ibn Abdullah ibn Utbah ibn Mas'ud, Rahmullah Ta'ala, and many people like that in Medina Munawwara. Similarly, in Makkah al-Mukarramah, we have got you know, great people uh, of, uh, of the Hadith and the Fiqh and Fatwa, like Atai ibn Abi Rabah, and, uh, and people like him. And similarly, in Kufa, in the city of Kufa, we have got people like Alqama and Aswad, and then after that, Ibrahim Nakhai and many people uh, like, uh, like that. So in every city of Islam, among the tab great tabi'in, there have been big number of the people who received the knowledge from the Sahaba. And they also traveled for the knowledge. Like Al-Qama Naswad, they were in Kufa, but, you know, and they received the knowledge from the people of the Kufa, like, uh, like Abdullah Masood, anhu, and those companions who came there, like Abu Musa al-Shayid, Hudayfa ibn Yamar, and similarly, when Ali became Khalifa, and he moved the uh, capital from Medina to Kufa, they learned from him as well. But al qaman Aswad, same time, they traveled to Medina Munawwara and they received the knowledge from Umar Khattab, from Aishah, or from many, many companions. So these Tabi'een, they received the knowledge of their own cities and then after that, they kept traveling. After these Tabi'een, they come, you know, the, uh, the period of the younger Tabi'een, you know, who basically are well known for traveling everywhere and compiling all the hadith. And among these young tabi'een, there are six people who are called Madar al-Hadith. Madar al-Hadith. 
the pillars of the hadith. Hadith actually basically based on them. You know, you hardly find any hadith which does not go through uh, these people. So these are six tabi'een, among younger tabi'een, who are considered as the pillars of the hadith or as the madar of the hadith. Two people are in Hijaz and two are in Basra and two are in the city of Kufa. The two who are in, 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 in Hijaz, uh, one of them is Imam Zuhri, Imam Muhammad ibn Muslim ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, who died in the year 124 of Hijrah. Imam Muhammad ibn Muslim ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, al-Zuhri and who is considered a'lamu tabi'in. Among the all tabi'in, the most knowledgeable person, no doubt. No, you know, he's grown up in, in the city of Medina and he's from Quraysh, uh, from Banu Zuhra and later on he traveled to, uh, to, to Syria and Damascus and settled there and keep moving between Syria and Medina and Makkah al-Mukarramah and uh, other cities. So that is Imam Zuhri rahmahullah ta'ala, one of the important pillars of the hadith. The second, uh, next to him is Amr ibn Dinar. Amr ibn Dinar rahmahullah ta'ala, he was in the city of Makkah al-Mukarramah. Amr Dinar is literally senior to Imam Zuhri and he has a hadith from even uh, from those Sahaba who actually Zuhri did not have hadith from them, like especially Jabir ibn Abdullah. So Amr Dinar is very important, a very authentic person, a very strong person in, the, in, in narrating a hadith. And uh, one of his famous students is Imam Sufyan Mu'ayna rahmullah ta'ala, who, who, uh, who moved from the city of Kufa and settled in, in the city of Makkah al-Mukarramah, and he learned from Amr Dinar. And later on, when people ask Sufyan Mu'ayna, how many hadith you have got from Amr ibn Dinar. So he said, Ma labetha nuhan fi qawmihi. Ayad many hadith, ayad many year, Nuh al Islam is still with his people, meaning 950 hadith. So you can see Amr ibn Dinar actually the important source of the hadith. Just one person has got from him 950 hadith. So these two people, they are in the Hijaz. There are two people who are in the city of Basra. One of them is Yahya ibn Abi Kathir, Rahimullah ta'ala, who mostly uh, narrates from Abu Salama ibn Abdul Rahman ibn Awaf rahimahullah ta'ala and many other people. And the second person in, in the city of Basra is Qatada ibn Di'ama al-Sadusi. Qatada ibn Di'ama al-Sadusi who died in the year 117 of Hijrah. And Qatada was a blind person. He, when he was four years old, he became blind. So you can see, and, but you know, still you can see in Islam, there are so many people who have been you know, blind but later on they learn hadith and the fiqh or tafsir or whatever and they become imams of the people. Like one of them is Abu Muawiyah Darir, one of the important uh, narrator of the hadith and teacher of the hadith in the city of Kufa who narrates hadith from Amash. So he is also a blind person. So anyway, Qatadim the Amma was a blind man. But he is strong memory. Because you know, he has to die on the memory. He cannot read anyway. But the memory was so strong that Qatada himself said that I, when I came to the city of Medina to study hadith, with Sa'id Musayyib rahmullah ta'ala and intention was to stay with Sa'id for six days. After four days, Sa'id Musayyib was the best teacher of, of Medina. You know, according to some people, he's the best among all tabi'een. Sa'id Musayyib rahmullah ta'ala from Banu Makhzum, from the tribe of Khalid Malid radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one of the important person in, in, in hadith and the fiqh and fatwa and also, you know, a, you know great, uh, uh, you know, uh, center of learning in, 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 the, in the city of Madhya Munawwara and, you know, in Amr al-Ma'roof and Nahi al-Munkar. Very pious person, uh, you know, he's one, some people think he's the best tabi'i. So when uh, Qatada came to Madim Nawara and he wanted to learn hadith from, from Saeed and he wanted to stay with him for six days, Qatada said after four days, Saeed, uh, you know, pushed in my chest and said to me uh, that, oh, oh, blind man, leave, leave me 
فَقَدْ نَزَفْتَنِي You have sucked all my hadith. After four days, Sa'id said, leave me because you have sucked all my hadith. Nothing left with me. That's how Qatada was. Qatada words he said to one of his students, listen from me, Surah Al-Baqarah. And then Qatada read Surah Al-Baqarah from beginning to the end. And then he asked his student, did you find any fault? The student said, no, I don't have any, no, no fault. Qatada said, I knew the whole Sahifah of Jabir, you know, uh, as I know Surah Al-Baqarah. And the whole Sahifah of Jabir was read to me only once. The whole Sahifah of Jabir, of the Hadith of Jabir was read to me only once. And I knew by heart as I know Surah Al-Baqarah. And in the Sahifah of Jabir, how many Hadiths? At least there are 400 Hadiths. 400 Hadiths were read to Qatada only once. And he knew them by heart. So you can see really how these important people are. And the two people in the city of Kufa, one of them is Abu Shahaq al-Sabi'i rahimahullahu ta'ala, who also narrates from many, 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 many Sahaba. And the last person in this list is Suleiman ibn Mihran al-Amash rahimahullahu ta'ala, who died 147 or 148 of Hijrah, also you know, a very important person. So these are six people among the you know, early generation, you know, or later tabi'in, who basically became <coughs> the main centers of teaching the, the hadith in all these uh, cities. Uh, you know, one thing also, also very important, very often people, you know, you know, people who actually are ignorant, they criticize Abu Hanifa rahmullah ta'ala, that you know, he did not have much knowledge of the hadith. But if you read his biography, Imam Hanifa rahmullah ta'ala actually has got so many teachers. And among all these six people, Imam Hanifa got hadith from five of them. Imam Hanifa learned hadith from Zuhri, from Amr bin Dinar, from Qatada, from Abu Shahaq al-Sabi'i, from Amash. The only person Abu Hanifa rahmullah had missed is Yahya ibn Bikathir in this list. So, you know, from the six pillars of the hadith, Abu Hanifa rahmullah has got hadith from five people. And he also has many other teachers as well, you know, but uh, still people, and, you know, Imam Malik rahmullah ta'ala, who nobody has doubt that, you know, he is one of the center of, of teaching hadith and the source of the hadith. From all these six people, Imam Malik only had got hadith from one person, from Zuhri. Imam Malik had no single hadith from Amr bin Dinar, nothing from Yahya ibn Bikathir, nothing from Qatada, nothing from Amash, nothing from Abu Shaq al-Sabi'i. Imam, Imam Malik has got only from one person, but nobody accused Imam Malik of having less hadith. And Imam Hanifa who has got from five of the, in this list. And more than that actually, you know, still you know, the thing actually we have to uh, learn. No doubt Imam Hanifa did not narrate hadith as Imam Malik used to do that. That must be one of the reasons why people actually, uh, Imam Abu Hanifa, the hadith are not known because he did not teach. But otherwise, you know, he learned hadith properly from all these people. So anyway, there are six people. Then after that, uh, the teachers of the hadith became in all the cities, the big imam like in Medina, Imam Malik rahmullah ta'ala, in the city of Makkah al-Mukarramah, Imam Sufyan al-Ina rahmullah ta'ala, in the city of Basra, Shu'ubai ibn Hajjaj, Hamad ibn Zayd ibn Dirham, and many other people. In the city of Kufa, the hadith, main uh, teacher of the hadith that period was Sufyan al-Thawir rahmullah ta'ala, amazing memory actually. Hardly you can find anybody who has such a, a strong memory. Many, many hundreds of the hadith, Sufyan al-Thawir knew by heart, and whenever you ask him to repeat, he would repeat the hadith as, as they were. No mistake. And his memory was so strong, that Imam Sufyan al-Thawri used to say about Imam Malik, Malikun lays alahu hifadun. Malik has no memory. So just imagine how great was the memory of Sufyan al-Thawri rahmullah ta'ala. And after these people, and also at the same time there was Imam Awza'i in the city in, 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 the, in Syria, and Imam Layth ibn Sa'ad in Egypt. So these are the major teachers of the Hadith in the major cities of Islam. And then after that, you know, next generation comes, and in this generation, the most famous people are in the city of Kufa, Imam Waqim Jarrah, who became successor of Sufyan al-Thawri, 
And similarly in Basra, we have got Yahya ibn Sa'il Qattan, Abdul Rahman ibn Mahdi, and many other people. So these are the you know, next generation. And then after that, next generation is generation of Imam Ahmed Hanbal, Yahya Ma'in, and uh, Abu Bakr ibn Shaiba, Ali al-Madini, and many people, people like that. And then after that, next generation comes the generation of Bukhari, Rahimullah, Imam Bukhari, Abu Hatim al-Razi, Abu Zura al-Razi, Imam Muslim, Rahimullah, these are the great people uh, of the Hadith, then Abu Dawud and others, and then after that, the generation of Imam Nasai, Ibn Khuzayma, and many people. And these are the people really who wrote the Hadith and compiled the Hadith, the Hadith became famous everywhere. And then actually Muslims, you know, these scholars, they had so many different compilations of Hadith. Some people compiled the Hadith according to the way of the Sahaba, and they are called Masanid. In the Masanid, the people have the, all the Hadith of one Sahabi in one place, and then the next Sahabi, the next one. Most of the people, they start Hadith with Abu Qasr and rest of Asha and Bashara, and then other people, Muhajirin and Ansar, and then Sahabiyat, Ummahatul Mu'mineen, uh, and other people. That's called Masanid. Similarly, there are many other uh, compilations, and one of those things are like, you know, Musannafat and Imam Dimar, also Jawami' and Sunan, like Imam Bukhari's book, Imam Muslim's book, and Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi. But at the same time, Muslims also were concerned to have small collections of the Hadith. So where actually people can you know, read them e easily. And there have been many, many of these collections uh, for different names. And one of the small things which became very famous from early generation, and that is called, you know, the Al-Arba'unat, the 40 Hadith. The 40 Hadith from even the second century, Abdullah Mubarak, and then after that, Muhammad in Aslam uh, the great Rabbani Alim, and then it continued throughout the centuries. That Arba'unat, 40 Hadith. And many people who wrote 40 hadiths, they have on different topics. One thing became very important in Islam is that to have to collect those hadiths which are short sentences, but they have so many meanings. Jawami'ul Kalim. And many people uh, wrote on those Jawami'ul Kalim. And one of the important work on the Jawami'ul Kalim is uh, the book uh, by Al-Qadi Abu Abdullah Al-Qudai. Uh, its name is Al-Shihab Fil Hikami Wal Adab. Al-Shihab. And then many people wrote actually similarly. Then Imam Al-Hafid Abu Amr ibn Salah Ta'ala, he also dictated uh, some of those Jawami'ul Kalim uh, in the Hadith. And they basically like, you know, Madar of, uh, they are those Hadith on which uh, this deen, they are basically Madar of this deen. Then when Imam Nawawi Ta'ala came, he took uh, the, you know, this uh, collection of uh, Imam uh, ibn Salah Ta'ala, uh, and because you know that were, that were only 26 hadith, and then Imam Nawawi he added more hadith until it became 42 hadith. This actually Imam Nawawi's collection became the most famous collection of the hadith of 40 hadith. Reason basically is because Imam Nawawi rahimullah ta'ala in the selection he concentrated on the usul of deen, things which are the usul of the deen. That that actually very important to learn. You know there are deen basic there are you know things in in, in this religion which are, you know, like furu'a, like branches of the religion. But there are things which are the usul of the deen, fundamentals of the deen. What are the fundamentals of the deen? What are the usul of the deen? Like iman, islam, taqwa, sabr, you know, and ihtisab, you know, sadqunniyya. You know, these things, are, you know, they are the main part of the religion. If you look in the Quran, the Quran is full of those things, usul of the deen. The Quran basically concentrated on the usul of the deen, are the major branches of the religion. So Imam Nawawi Rahmullah actually concentrated on that. There are, you know, there, there are furu' in the deen, and some are major furu' like, you know, the prayer and the fasting, and then there are minor furu' like how to pray, you know, how much you raise your hand, where to put your hand. These are minor branches of the religion. 
you know, if even if people do mistake in that, they don't, they are not so important. And I, everybody knows that, you know, the mushtahideen uh, aima, if they are right, they get two rewards. And if they do mistake, they still get one reward. So these minor branches, they actually are so in, insignificant. And now everybody is fighting on those things. You know, all these, you know, branches, you know, these madahib and schools, you know, Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi, Hanbali, the difference basically is in minor issues. Even if somebody, you know, all the life they remain, you know, pure Hanafi, but they don't have the usul al-deen, they don't have taqwa and piety and zuhd, then nothing, doesn't matter really. If somebody follows Abu Hanifa, Rahmullah, then every single minor details, but there's nothing of the usul al-deen, it is not going to help the person. What the religion actually is, usul al-deen. The piety, taqwa, zuhd, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, the fear of the day of judgment, fear of standing in front of, uh, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are the main part of the religion. Imam Nawi rahmullah ta'ala basically collected hadith on that matter. Not on, on, on you know, he was a Shafi, Shafi scholar, but his, his collection is not for Shafi madhab. He did not collect hadith to support Shafi madhab. He only collected hadith basically for usul al-deen, to bring the piety, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, iman, and Islam, and ihsan, and sabr, these things to the society, because they are the main part of, uh, uh, of the religion. So that's why this became very, very important for, for, for all the time. And there have been so many commentaries uh, uh, written uh, uh, on this matter. Imam Nawi rahmullah ta'ala, his name is Yahya ibn Sharaf, Yahya ibn, ibn Sharaf ibn Muri, Abu Zakariya, Muhyiddin, and Nawi al-Shafi'i. He was born in Muharram, the year 631 of Hijra. 631 of Hijra. He came to Damascus as a student in the year 649. He studied there and then he became teacher. And until he became the main teacher of Darul Hadith al Ashrafiya in the year 665. Until he died in the year 676. Very short life. He was born in 631 and died in the 676 with something for you know 40 plus so you know this really amazing thing within this actually and, and the time we actually he, he taught in 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 uh, is just 11 years within these 11 years he taught so many people and he compiled so many works in the shafi madhab shafi fiqh and also the great commentary on, on sahih muslim you know, amazing commentary on, on sahih muslim and riyadu salihin and 40 hadith and many many other works on the loga uh, and everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him so much barakah, just in you know, a few years more than 40, and within these, he didn't, never got married. So that also, you know, I added, you know, barakah in his life. But alhamdulillah, you know, really amazing thing. The only person we know really with such a short life uh, and who uh, uh, produced so much work uh, is the great Indian scholar, Mawlana Abdul Hayy, Farabi Mahir Rahmullah ta'ala. You know, he was uh, from, from Lucknow, from India. And actually, he, he died when he was 39 years old, less than 40 years and he has written at least 100 books. 100 books in the Hadith and the Fiqh and many other, so many fatwas. And he also used to teach actually full time. So, so many students he have got. So some people, Alhamdulillah, you know, they got so much barakah. But anyway, so this class is about 40 Hadith of Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala. So as I mentioned, 40 Hadith are plenty. The many, many have been written by all the madahibs, you know, Shafi, Hanbali, Maliki, everybody has got 40 Hadith, you know, from in every generation. So hundreds of 40 Hadith have been written. But the only one actually becomes so much popular is Imam Nawi's uh, 40 hadith actually. And this, uh, you know, one of uh, Indian, uh, great Indian poet, Ghalib. You know, Ghalib is considered in India as the last, or basically the best Urdu poet. Or some people think the last Persian poet uh, in, in India. 
though some people think as uh, the Persian poetry did not end with the Ghalib, it ended with Shibli Nu'mani. Ghalib actually has said, because Ghalib was very popular, so he said uh, in this poetic verse, it actually comes true to Imam Nawiz, 40 hadith that I'm reading it. Kau kabam ra dar adam awjay qabuli buda ast shuhrat shi'aram bagiti ba'de man khahad shudan. He said, my star, you know, people think that everybody got a star. So my star in the, you know, in the Adam means that before I was born, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it, you know, popular everywhere. So even before I was born, you know, after my death, my poetry will be known everywhere in the world. So no doubt really, Imam, Imam Nawi rahmullah ta'ala, because of his sincerity and his piety, his book actually became popular everywhere. Not only, you know, 40 hadith, even Riyadu Salihin. And, and no doubt, you know, in Fadail and virtues of the actions, the best book written in Islam is Riyadu Salihin of Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala. And also the best commentary that we know of Sahih Muslim is the Imam, Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala's commentary. And similarly, you know, the best, the best person who reformed the Shafi'i school and Shafi'i madhab and made it nearer to, to the Hadith is Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala. And then piety and zuhud and taqwa and firafalla and all those things amazing. Within 40 years, few, few years, but you know, whatever he's done actually is amazing thing. Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala is really one of those important figures in Islam that people should learn actually his biography and his, his life and make effort to follow him because, you know, because of his piety and zuhud and taqwa. And then later on, you know, he died in his own town, Nawa, which is a little far away from, from Damascus. And Alhamdulillah, you know, I, I went to Nawa and uh, I visited his grave as well and he made dua, Alhamdulillah, there. So this is uh, something short about the biography of Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala. Then I start uh, his muqaddimah and then explanation of every hadith inshallah, whatever time allows. Imam Nawi Rahmullah says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wa ma ataakum al-rasool fakhuduh. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Qayyumis samawati wal aradheen. Mudabbiril khalaiqi ajma'een. Ba'ith al-rasool salabatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi majma'een. Ila al-muqallafeen. لهدائتهم وبيان شرائع الدين بالدلائل القطعية وواضحات البراهين أحمده على جميع نعمه وأسأله المزيد من فضله وكرمه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الواحد القهار الكريم الغفار وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالقرآن العزيز المعجز المستمر على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيره للمسترشدين سيدنا محمد المخصوص بجمع الكلم وسماحه الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين والمرسلين وعلى كل وسائر الصالحين اما بعد فقد روينا ان سام بيبل ريد فقد روينا دو اي بريفر فقد روينا اما بعد فقد روينا عن علي بن طالب وعبد الله بن مسعود ومعاذ بن جبل وبالدرداء وابن عمر وابن عباس وانس مالك وبهريره وبسعد الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنهم من طرق كثيرات بروايات متنوعه ان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من حفظ على امتي 40 حديثا من امر دينها بعثه الله تعالى يوم القيامه في زمره الفقهاء والعلماء سو ذيس اكشلي ذير ار سو ماني حديث اباوت ذا فيرتوز اوف 40 حديث بت اول ذا محدثين اجري that none of them actually are authentic. All these hadiths about the virtues of the 40 hadiths, they are weak. But all together, they, you know, they make at least Hassan. So uh, Imam Nawi will say, the reason he's you know, writing 40 hadiths, not only because of that, for other reasons as well. But anyway, all those hadiths which have come in the virtues of the 40 hadiths, none of them are authentic. 
وفي روايه بعثه الله فقيها عالما وفي روايه بالدرده وكنت له يوم القيامه شافعا وشهيدا وفي روايه ابن مسعود قيل له ادخل ادخل من اي ابواب الجنه شئت وفي روايه ابن عمر كتب كتب في زمره العلماء وحشر في زمره الشهداء واتفق الحفاظ على انه حديث ضعيف وان كثرت طرقه تؤاد اكسبرت اوف ذا حديث ذا اجري ارلی You know, he died 181 and then you know, he wrote so early the 40 hadith. And Abdullah ibn Barak rahmatullah ta'ala is a very important figure in the, in, in the history of the hadith and also the fiqh and his hadith are everywhere. And people of the hadith say that you know, everybody in the hadith, every narrator of the hadith, they have got some criticism. You know, if you take any imam, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Ahmad Hanbal, Sufyan Thawri, Ibn Ayana, you take everybody, everybody has, got, has been criticized. Some criticism against him, except Abdullah Nubarak. You never find anywhere anybody ever has criticized Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmallahu ta'ala. It's really great virtue, very pious person, you know, expert of the hadith and the fiqh, and also he was very rich and very generous to all the students of the hadith. And then next person is Thumma ibn Aslam al-Tusi al-Alim al-Rabbani, Thumma al-Hassan ibn Sufyan al-Nasai, wa Abu Bakr al-Jurri, wa Abu Bakr al-Muhammad ibn Rahim al-Sahani, wa Al-Dharaqutni, wa Al-Hakim, wa Abu Nu'aym, wa Abu Abdul Rahman al-Sulami, wa Abu Sa'id al-Malini, wa Abu Uthman al-Sabuni, wa Abdullah ibn Muhammad al-Nasari, wa Abu Bakr al-Bayhaqi, wa Khalaiq al-Ayuhsawna, min al-Mutaqaddimin wal-Mutaakhirin. Wa qad istakhattu Allah ta'ala fi jami' arba'ina hadithan, iqtidaan bihaul al-Aymma, al-Alam, wa Hufad al-Islam, wa qad ittafaq al-Ulamahu ala jawaz al-Amal ibn al-Hadith al-Dha'if, fi fadai al-Amal. Uh, about uh, a validity of acting upon weak hadith in the fadail of amal, in the virtues. So basically, there are amal and there are virtues of the amal. So for the amal, everybody says, most people actually say that for the amal, for the actions, for the practice, you must have either sahih hadith or next to it a hasan hadith. But for the virtues, for the fadail, people say you still can take da'if hadith. Imam Nawi said that all the people have agreed. But this is not true. It is not that everybody agreed. And also the thing is, the meaning of da'if hadith, weak hadith, it basically was not the same. What now people, many people say as hadith hasan, hasan. That was considered by many early scholars as hadith da'if, weak hadith. So there are actually a big number of the scholars who say no. You know, for amal and for fadal both, we must depend only on the, or rely only on the sahih hadith and hasan hadith, not da'if. Because amal and fadal both are for, you know, from, from the sharia. And also the thing is, if you take fadail from weak hadith, sometimes it creates disbalance. Islam had, you know, balance. The most important thing, the next to, sometimes some of these weak hadith, they have so much virtues for, you know, small actions. So if you take them authentic, then basically those small actions, they become more important than, you know, the bigger actions. So that's why not everybody says that weak hadith can be accepted uh, in the fadail. But one thing actually agreed upon, Those people who say weak hadith can be accepted in the fadail, they basically, what they mean by weak, many people don't understand. They mean by weak is, if the hadith had weakness because of memory of the narrator. The narrator did not have so much memory. Or because, you know, uh, 
there is problem of the connect, connecting for example the narrates from the prophet and the missing link is the sahabi so if some hadith have been weakened because of memory of the narrator or because of the you know uh, connection is not uh, established properly then yeah there are people who say hadith weak hadith like that they can be accepted in the fadail but if uh, you know if uh, uh, the hadith is weakened because of the adala yani whether the person actually was really honest or not whether the person was true or not or because of the piety of the person or something like that what we call adala if hadith had been weakened because of the adala then a hadith becomes munkar hadith becomes munkar and munkar hadith never can be accepted neither if amar not fadail and the problem actually is many many books of the fadail which are very popular in urdu language and many other languages and if people read them and they teach them on the member and many preachers who teach many of those hadith from the member basically most of those hadith either they are munkar or some of them are even fabricated they are not this weak hadith and when you ask them that is why you narrating these hadith on fadail they are not right they will say no in fadail you can we can accept weak hadith but they don't understand it not every weak hadith only those weak hadith can be accepted in fadail where the weakness is coming because of the memory of the narrator or because of the you know connect uh, 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 connect uh, uh, connect connection of the of the chain of narration otherwise if the if the weakness is because of the adala hadith becomes munkar it never can be accepted anyway some some of this discussion inshallah will come later on if we have time wa ma'a hadha fa laysa i'timadi ala hadha al-hadith bal ala qawli sallallahu alayhi wasallam fi al-hadith as-sahiya li yuballigh ash-shahid min kumul ghayb this hadith has come in bukhari kitab al-hajj bab al-khutbata yamina from abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu from many other people wa qawli sallallahu alayhi wasallam nadrullah imran sami'a ma qalati fa wa'aha fa addaha kama sami'aha this hadith has come in sunan abu daud and many other places thumma min al-ulama'i man jama'a 40 fi usul al-din wa ba'dhum fi al-furu' wa ba'dhum fi al-jihad wa ba'dhum fi al-zuhd wa ba'dhum fi al-adab wa ba'dhum fi al-khutab wa kulluha maqasid salihah radhiyallahu anhu qasadiha wa qad ra'aytu jama'a 40 min ahamma min hadha kulli wa 40 hadithan mushtamilatan ذلك وكل حديث منها قاعده عظيمه من قواعد الدين قد وصف العلماء بان مدار الاسلام عليه او هو نصف الاسلام او ثلثه نحو ذلك some of these hadith are very important ibn nawis some of them have been considered in islam some madar islam islam depends on those hadith or this hadith is half of islam or this hadith one third of islam or this hadith one quarter of islam so this will come inshallah ثم التزم في هذه ال40 ان تكون صحيحه ومعظمها في صحيح البخاري ومسلم ذا ما نويسر انو اي ويل فالو ديستينكت ستريكتلي ذات ان ذيس 40 حديث ذات دي ماست بي صحيح اند موست اوف ذيم ار صحيح بخاري مسلم دو انو ما نويس سيد ذات انو ذيس ما التزام ذات انو اي ام بينغ ستك وذ ذات ذات اول ذيس حديث ار صحيح بس ذيس از نوت ترو بيكوز ذير ار اكچولي ات ليست سيفن حديث ان ذيس بوك ويتش ار نوت صحيح some people say that hasan and it means that there are some more problems in those hadith when those hadith will come i'll explain them but write down the number these you know these seven hadith they are not sahih it could be hasan or maybe less than that which one the the hadith number 12 the hadith number 12 the hadith number 27 the hadith number 30 the hadith number 31 then 32 then 33 then 39 so again let me repeat 12 27 uh, 
So these seven hadith, they basically, they are not sahih. So some people say, he mean, you know, they are not sahih, at least they are hasan. And that, that, that many people, uh, uh, you know, say uh, uh, about them. That Ibn Dayba al-Shaybani, rahmallahu ta'ala, he has written in a, po- a poem, you know, it's two, uh, basically two, two lines are, uh, uh, on, on the 40 hadith of Maunawi, where he said, Ayyuhat talibuna ilma hadithin. أيها الطالبون علم حديث هذه أربعون حقا صحيحة. So all the people who are seeking the knowledge of the hadith, these are forty that truly sahih. كلها غير سبعة سبعة فحسان. All of them are sahih except seven. These seven they are hasan. كلها غير سبعة فحسان فاتبعها فإنها لنصيحة. So follow that. You can see the people have been discussing even in the past that in the Imam Nawawi's 42 hadith, at least there are seven hadith which are not sahih. They could be hasan, or some of them actually when I come to them, they are even weaker than being hasan. And there are also few, few problems in some other hadith which I'll explain when, uh, when they come. But still, uh, no doubt really, you know, Imam Nawawi, the collection actually, you know, you know still, you know, if there's few weakness, few problems there, it does not actually affect so much really. It is far, you know, far, far superior to many other, other, other collections. Uh, you know, and uh, no doubt really, nobody can be pure from the mistake. Uh, you know, again, Ghalib said in one of uh, his poetic words, Khuwe Adam Daram, Adam Zadam, Ashkara Dam, Zaisiyami Zanam. I have the habit of Adam, and I am son of Adam. You know, if Adam could do mistake, I do mistake. Khuwe Adam Daram, I have the habit of Adam, and I am son of Adam. Ashkara Dam, Zaisiyami Zanam. No doubt I will disobey Allah, you know, disobedience of Allah is part of my nature. So I sometimes disobey, do mistake. So committing mistake is actually part of the human effort. There is no single human effort which can be perfect and complete. You know, Imam Muzani said that Imam Shafir, you know, I learned from him his Risala so many times. And I read the Risala to him 50 times. 50 times Imam Muzani read a Risala to Imam Shafi. And every time when he read a Risala, Imam Shafi used to correct mistakes. Every time. And then on the 50th time, Imam Shafi said, Allah does not want any book to be sound, to be correct, except his own book. Every single book, whenever you revise, read it, there can be mistakes. You know, even Sahih Bukhari, Imam Bukhari's you know, amazing work, still you can see there are people expert of the hadith who can make, you know, criticize and some, some you, know, you know, few technical problems. But still, you can see in every human effort, there are something like that. وَأَذْكُرُهَا مَحْدُوفَةَ الْعَسَانِيدَ لِيَسْهُلَا حِفْضُهَا وَيَعُمَّ الْإِنْتِفَاعُ بِهَا إِنْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى ثُمَّ أُتْبِعُهَا بِبَابٍ فِي ضَبْتِ خَفِيَّ أَلْفَاظِهَا Then Imam Nawi says, after that I will make a chapter where I will explain the meaning of certain words which are not very clear. But that, that chapter does not exist in the Nusqa that we have got. So maybe somebody can find somewhere. وَاحْتَوَتْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ التَّنْبِيعِ عَلَى جَمِيعِ التَّعَاتِ وَذَلِكَ ظَاهِرٌ لِمَنْ تَدَبَّرَهُ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ اَعْتِمَادِ وَإِلَيْهِ تَفْوِيضِ وَاسْتِنَادِ وَلَوْ الْحَمْدُ وَالنِّعْمَةِ وَبِهِ التَّوْفِيقُ وَالْعِسْمَةِ Imam Nawi Rahmullah Ta'ala finished the, the writing of this 40 hadith uh, on, the, uh, on uh, Thursday night, 19th of Jumad al-Ula. So you know, we are going to be in, in Jumad al-Ula anyway. Today is the 25th of Jumad al-Ula. So Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, nearer what Imam Nawawi did. The 19th of Jumadul Ula, the year 600, 
68 that when he finished the writing this work we hope you enjoyed this episode to help us create more content like this and more please consider supporting us by donating whatever you can please visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and click the donate button jazakallahu khairan